We take a single episode of a science fiction TV series and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. This is the Fusion Patrol Podcast. Welcome to the discussion. Hello, listeners. I'm going to recount just a little anecdote from my childhood. All those many, many years ago, as I would sit back and wait for my favorite TV show to come on, there was a set of words that could stab dread in my heart. And those words were, Tonight, a very special episode of your favorite show. Yep. Oh, I hated that. Because I knew that I was going to be cheated out of an episode, because it was going to be a clip show, or a flashback episode, or it was going to be some mixed mode conducted with interviews, or worse, it was going to be horribly, horribly preachy. And you always knew that you just lost an episode of your favorite show. And so I apologize very deeply when I say, hello and welcome to a very special episode of Fusion Patrol. Yes, it's our 300th episode. I'm Eugene, your host for tonight, and we're doing things just a little different, but I promise no flashbacks. I promise no clips from previous episodes. Um, it's just going to be us talking a little bit, and I wanted to just kind of look back for a moment. For those of you who have not been with us for the seven years that we've been doing this, as to why we started this, oh, so many years ago. Um, I used to be a member of a few science fiction clubs, Star Trek, Doctor Who, the things you might expect. And we would, in lieu of having social graces or skills, we would sit around and watch episodes of our favorite show. And then afterwards, we would sit down and we would have a, uh, frankly, a, usually a very good discussion, uh, very often fueled by pizza, uh, about the show, because you've got a group of people, usually quite diverse, um, different points of view, and all very fanatically passionate about their their show, uh, and all of them taking something different from it. And and it was, you know, great. And I understand that's what they do at book clubs. I don't know. I've, I've never been to a book club meeting, but uh, it seems like that's the kind of thing that they might want to do. And that's why we started this, because I kind of miss that. And... I still, to this day, would like that conversation to be bigger than, than it is. But, uh, you know, we have a number of listeners who are regular commenters, and that's great because it brings in even more to the show. Um, and I encourage you all to speak up if you have a point to make, or even if you just want to say hi. We're, we're really cool with that. Um, but I do want to ask a question while I've got you here. Some of you comment on Facebook. Some of you comment on um, our website. Uh, occasionally we get Twitter feedback, uh, sometimes email feedback. And I'm just wondering, what would be the ideal place for us to hold an extended conversation? <laughs> Let me know what you think. If you have any suggestions, I'd love to hear it. One last thing before I get on with a conversation with uh, Ben and Simon. You may or may not know that uh, this is a listener-supported podcast. And the reason you might not know it is that we're not usually too pushy about it. We try not to be too pushy about it. Uh, I listen to quite a few podcasts that are on Patreon, and 
and some of them can be quite aggressive, and we try not to be. But we are still uh, listener-supported, and if you can, we would appreciate your support at patreon.com slash fusionspatrol. Uh, we're still working towards our goals. Uh, we hit the first one, which was um, us reviewing Westworld, the original movie, and I think we're working on our goal to hit Destination Moon, which I would really love to uh, do on the show. So, please, if you can, consider becoming a sponsor of this podcast. It helps us keep the lights on here. Failing that, if you could give us a review on iTunes, uh, that actually apparently helps get uh, get people seeing the name and seeing the podcast when they're looking in the directory listings. So, uh, anything you could do would be greatly appreciated. So, tonight's show takes the form of uh, I spent some time uh, separately with Ben and Simon, and we kind of went over the same uh, questions to talk to them. And uh, so let's start off with my uh, co-host since the beginning of the show, Ben. Well, Ben, 300 episodes. Did you ever think we were going to get here? Uh, well, given that my brain cells have probably mostly died out. No, actually, I, I, you know, I, that's just not something you think about. <laughs> you, you just you, you, we're just starting. I mean, just just one episode after the next. And, um, but uh, by the time we got into Man from Atlantis, yeah, it felt like uh, three thousand. <laughs> well, we we have been at this since April of twenty ten. Good lord, we've been that long. That long. Wow. Like our first episode came out in April of 2010. It was, well, uh, that was, a, was we were doing Matt Doctor Smith's Who. first season, yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, uh, 12th hour, 11th hour, something like that. Uh, no, we didn't even catch the first one. We, we came didn't? in about uh, Time of Angels. Really? Yeah, we did kind of like a three-episode catch-up. Oh, wow. For the, yeah. God, so long and, ago, I don't even I, remember. I listened to it a while back, and it was just like the audio quality was... Oh, bad. Because because that crap equipment. Yeah, it was. <laughs> uh, well, it, you know something. Either way, it was. It's the conversation, not not the clarity of the sound. <laughs> or actually, maybe maybe people think it's the clarity of the sound and not the conversation. I'm not sure what's the appeal is, but but for me, well, it's the conversation. I've always think it should be the content. However, I do know that um, a lot of and I say this with air quotes, professional podcasters, fall, 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 fall. You know, for them, it's all about, does it sound good? I mean, it's like, is the fidelity good? It's like, forget about what they're talking about. It just has to sound good to the ear, like, like you're listening to high fidelity. Well, I, it doesn't hurt to try. It, it definitely doesn't. No. You know, I, you, and you know this from video work when, when we used to do some video stuff that – Oh, God, you know, many back ways in the sound, day – Sound is more important than picture in many, in many cases. So yeah, it's fine anyway. So I'm just gonna you know shoot a couple questions at you, just kind of looking back and maybe looking forward a little bit and and see see what you think. But um, trying to think think back across mm-hmm. across the span of time. What um, is anything? Any shows or any episodes or anything particularly stand out? Oh, please. And, uh, yes. Well, you know, I mean, good or bad, but... Um, oh, yes. There's one that just stands out. It will always stand out. It will be the bane of my very own existence. Hold on. Hold on. 
the great Karnak says, the naked Montague. Absolutely. <laughs> Man, for those of, for those of you poor souls who have not heard that one, the naked Montague Man from Atlantis episode, where where it's a uh, let's call it an homage to Romeo and Juliet. No, it's not. It's an insult. It's a it's it's a it's a trashing. It's it's it is it is the most offensive uh, take on uh, anything Shakespeare. That I, I, it, I, wow. I mean, nothing has like that has ever made me quite so angry in my life as that did. Never got to the Macbeth episode. Thank God. <laughs> there isn't one to my knowledge. Oh, I'm, well, I know there were a couple of A Man from Atlantis that you desperately wanted me to watch because they were what, uh, they were remastered for high def. Yeah, I've got them all remastered since we watched them. Yeah, and I said, screw that. I wasn't going to do it. I've got you know the movies and the, the episodes and stuff. They, they released them on DVD. You know, and the weird thing is, is that you know, I could probably look at the pilot film and in comparison to everything else that came later, look at that and say, you know, this really isn't that bad. It, it was very different. It was, it was a very different show, even from the first pilot to the second. Mm-hmm. You know that whole bit about the military and the yeah, uh, and then and then suddenly they were at the Oceanographic Institute, and then uh, you know it, it yeah, that I would love to know what the thought process was. But amazingly enough, there are not a whole lot of books on the making of the Man from Atlantis out there. It's like shocking, shocking, mm. really. Even Patrick Duffy hasn't. Uh, I have been reading his um, his book. He's put together. Uh, after all these years, he's done a Man from Atlantis novel. Oh, we uh, talked about that. Um, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. And, during while we were reviewing the show, and for the life of me, I can't figure out where that book is. I got it. I was reading it. I got a third of the way through it. I wasn't horrified by it. Um, it's set many years in the future um, from the TV series, and uh, and then um, that's weird. I have no idea where that book went. I think I think when they drove the car through my house, uh-huh. I think it got lost at that time because that's about the last time I was reading it. So uh, anyway, all right. Well, okay. So that's the bad. What are the good? I mean, what what a well for talking- shows that surprised you and you're like, wow, I didn't know that was good or, or it was better than I thought or it's like. I'm yeah, okay. There there is there is one series that um I did enjoy. I didn't know anything about it until we started talking about it. Actually there were two. Uh one we never fully fully went through and maybe we need to revisit it because it's now I understand it's completely out on DVD and that's Doomwatch. Oh, yes, we haven't finished Doomwatch. We never finished it because we you I guess there were only uh like video files that were taken from videotape. I mean, similar to like oh, yeah, what they're pretty bad. Yeah. But I've heard that it's been released on uh it's it's actually been professionally released now. Hmm. So we, we may want to revisit that. Um there was some I mean, it's you know, it, it's a reflection of the era, but it was at least there was a series that that uh tried to be scientific. So it at least it was it was aspiring for something respectable. So in that respect, I, I really uh, I, I was enjoying that one, and, and another one that I very much enjoyed, for the most part. I think there were there were one or two that I didn't quite feel very happy with, uh, but for the most part, I enjoyed, and that was Sapphire and Steel. Sapphire and Steel, yeah that that's a <clears throat> that's an interesting show, isn't it? Um, I, I um, it's a weirdy. 
It is a weird show, but um, it, and I think you know, for people who really don't know, I mean that it, it came about at a weird time, uh, and it is. It's it's very strange. You never quite know what kind of show you're getting. I mean, one time it's it's it tries to play out as a science fiction. Another time it tries to play out as sort of a, a supernatural ghost story. Another time it plays out like an Agatha Christie mystery. You know, but I, in some ways that was kind of the beauty of it. Is mm-hmm. that it was very chameleon-like, and it could pull off these different kinds of stories. And and I love David McCallum, and Joanna Lumley was just—I mean, even for me, I thought she was just a goddess in that. It, it was a fascinating series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. And then and and, and, and then we had—I think—probably the greatest surprise of all, uh, and that's when we did the review on the movie Man from Earth. Oh yeah, that was yeah. the greatest greatest surprise uh that i i could have ever had i mean that was a real real treat to be able to watch and talk about that one that that was a a, a treat. i thought you were gonna say star trek beyond hell no we didn't even do star trek beyond did we no we never did because i've only got i've i've only seen like the first half of it and then i never watched the rest of it really yep didn't you get the theater oh no never made, no never went to the theater no no, no. Yeah. Saw, saw it on home video, only got through half of it, and then put it up and said, mm, not interested. Really? Yeah. You I like that was... less than Into Darkness? Um, I hated Into Darkness, but by that, by the time we got to Beyond, I was so badly burned on JJ-verse of Star Trek that I just couldn't <laughs> I, I couldn't mus- uh, muscle my way through the rest of it. In fact, I didn't even get halfway. It's more like a third. Huh. Mm. And it, it just it just was not good. I just didn't like it. I mean, there's so many things about it that I thought was just bad. So no, I did. I just stopped. What, what about you? What about me? I, you know, I hadn't actually thought about that question. <laughs> well, I think you know. I, I think this is this is really it, it is worth asking because um, I, okay, yeah, I'll you, tell you. I was going to say that you and I. I mean, even though whenever we talk about these things, you know, we agree ninety ninety five to ninety nine percent of the time. We're in some kind of agreement with everything, but I would say this. When it comes to um, approaching certain shows, you definitely march to the beat of your own drum. <laughs> uh, you know, I'll take the ones that, that <clears throat> I, I don't exactly say a disappointment, but let's pretend like it is. Um, the Star Lost. Oh, God, that was a disappointment. That that was a that was a terrible terrible show. Oh, it was, and, and, I, and I was I was terribly disappointed on that. And well, you know, I, all I got to do is listen to my comment on the, on the past episodes, and you don't know why. I kind of, you know, never having seen it when it was so I, we were going through it for the show for the first time. So that you was were, my, but I most was, of those yeah, episodes I, I had already seen. So all I knew about it was from you know fan lore and and Starlog magazines, and even though. It's kind of universally pointed out that it was dreadful for mm-hmm. a lot of times they point out it was dreadful for you know production reasons. It was problems mm-hmm. with the production and this, that and the other. And it was written by high school students. <laughs> I can I can so totally, totally believe that. Um but then when I watched it, so yes, it's terrible and much of it is inexcusable, but I gotta say, some of it is so bad it was fun. Some of it, I would agree. I mean, there there's some that still kind of, oh, oh man, I can't think of some of the titles now. But there there was one where um, Mustache has to do this 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 gladiator duel 
against uh, the actor was John Colicos. Mm-hmm. And the fighting was just comical. I mean, I remember I was watching it, and uh, and, and uh, at the time I had a job where I could kind of split my uh, split my attention, you know, work you know, and, and watch at the same time. And I was watching it on my iPhone, mm. and I saw this one bit where, for no reason, a couple of spectators decided to do these synchronized cartwheels during the fight, and oh, I yeah. literally stopped what I was doing, and I had to rewind it, and I laughed because it was so outrageously silly. Well, that was so that that John Colicos episode. That was the one where there were no women. Was, that was it? The is that the one? Is it? Is it? I, yeah, I'll, that I'll was t- also I'll take the one where I it. think mustache and long hair uh, fought the guys with towels at one point. It might be, maybe I think that's where they overpowered the guards with towels. Yeah, so. There was weird stuff going on in there that was the first, There's a lot of but, weird but stuff. Like those guys in cartwheels and stuff. It was There was this sort of like, we have these manly men here, like John Colicos's character, and we have these guys who are not in quite ballet tights <laughs> running doing, around. Doing gymnast <laughs> routines and synchronization, uh-huh. as, and this is their way of showing support for, for uh, you know, yeah. Colicos's character in his fight. It's like, wow. It was so bizarre. It was. <laughs> so I, I, you know, I enjoyed going through Star Lost. Um, you know, sometimes you're watching and, and you just like, oh, I, I don't want to watch another episode. But with the Star Lost, in many times I would feel like, oh, I want to put it on because I want to see the train wreck again. <laughs> uh, well, you know, there are times where I, I will admit, I mean, there were and some episodes. Yeah, well, I mean, well, there were some episodes that I had seen that that well, I shouldn't say that. I, mean, I, I saw the entire series, but there were some that I had had better recollection of, and those are the ones that I was most excited about. But sadly, those are the ones that had the greatest disappointment because my excitement for them was so really great at the time. They they, they impressed me with their ability to make no sense, mm-hmm. have no logical plot, uh, completely bend and destroy the premise of the series. Just like, oh, so you've got space cops and we've got uh, <laughs> all these functioning pieces of society, but nobody notices that the ship's <laughs> Yeah. The medical corps. Oh, I know. Yeah, the space medics. The astronomers oh, in the back. Yeah. Oh, yes. I mean, I, oh, and the, the, uh, one, the one dome that had bees in it. The bee dome. Oh, my word. I mean, it's like th- th- some of this, was, it was just abysmally bizarre and bad. But yeah, at the same time, it, th- watching them, watching the train slowly derail in this particular case, I mean, there was a certain amount of, of, of amusement to it. Mm. Unlike other shows where it's just like, I really want to punch the screen. This one didn't do that. But it, it, in some ways, it kind of made me sad because uh, for people who don't know, I mean, that was a series that was conceived by Harlan Ellison. Uh, so you had this, this 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 hope that it could be something really grand and something big. And I remember even I don't I'm not sure if I got it from you, but I remember I saw a promo with um, uh, Cara Delay and. Um, uh, oh, uh, the special effects special effects guy Dijkstra. Douglas. Di- no, not Dykstra. Douglas Trumbull. And he, this is this was the pitch. This was the yeah. pitch video. That's on the DVDs, yeah. Right, and there was this 
this sense of uh, great hope for what this, this this series could become, you know, and they're really selling it. And I'm sure at the time when they when they were doing it, they believed it because they thought that's what the show was going to be. And yeah. Does anyone go into a show like this thinking it's going to be awful? I mean, it's a- any show. I, I I I'd like to think that. They're not so cynical that even the people making Man from Atlantis were thinking, we're just going to make a terrible show. I'm sure they were trying to be successful. I'm sure they were trying to be entertaining to people. Man from Atlantis? No, they weren't. They were trying to put out crap. I'm sorry. I, ca- I cannot believe – no. I mean with They don't stuff- make money if they put out crap. I mean that, that they they have to at least have an audience. Somebody's got to be watching it. They must – I mean obviously they were completely wrong, but – but well, so let me rephrase that. Are so bad, and it's, you just kind of wonder what was going through their mind. But you know, well, if you if you talk to any at the beginning of the show, I, I, I can't imagine that you know if they were sitting down, they would they would absolutely say, "Oh, I think this is going to be fantastic. I love this. This is going to be great." Because they well, no one would sign on to it, right? No one would be able to sign on to it, and uh, you know, pretty you'd have to be pretty darn cynical to say, "Yeah, I'm just doing it." Okay, Alex Guinness, Star Wars. I just signed on for the money. But apart from that... <laughs> or Sean you know, Connery. Always yeah. signs on for the money as long as there's a golf course nearby where he's filming. Up to the uh, uh, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah. I believe that's still his last film, isn't it? Uh, I think he swore he'd never work on another film after that. It and might be. It might be. B, I'd have to look it up, but um, yeah, it might be the last thing he's ever done. But no, I think in the case of um, with with Man from Atlantis, I think I don't think it's a case of oh, let's put out crap. I think it's a case of um, they had no idea what they were doing, and it just I, became kind of like oh, you'll just let's start throwing crap against the wall and see what sticks. Well, you know, I think there is definitely a disconnect between what. A, a, let's call it a connoisseur of science fiction or or a, a, a genuine proponent of it and what a non-fan or a non-devotee sees. And I think that's a lot of the disconnect. I think there's – I think they come along and they say, look, a show like Star Trek, which has got all this fanciful stuff in it, is – you could just do anything, and look how successful it was. So we can just do anything, and then they they just don't they don't invest anything in the, if you will, the integrity of of the the plot or the science. They just like we can we can we can hire Pat Morita, and he can be an undersea imp, and it'll be fun. It's wacky. They love that science fiction, and it, it, it is insulting, but it's also you know it's their deficiency. It's right. not just that they're. You know, looking down on the audience, they just genuinely don't understand it, and you know, it it becomes a it becomes a disaster, mm-hmm. um, which is to me still the worst thing we've ever watched is the Pat Morita episode. Well, that's that's the your imp. that that yeah that that's that's your uh, low mark. That that is my low mark. So both of our low marks fall in in Man from Atlantis, I think. And I would and that say that the imp it, because it's worse than the Star Lost and with it, the yeah. bees. And I would say the imp is pretty stupid. I see for me the imp was the imp was just stupidly done. Naked Montague was just uh, the most offensive right, thing. Right, you, you're you're taking the you're taking the Shakespeare is yeah. is you know. It, it was the material, what they did to it, that it just 
really made me violently angry. So do you feel that way when other shows appropriate Romeo and Juliet or or other Shakespeare doesn't have plays to be that. and dumb them down? No, no, it doesn't have to be that. I mean, there are other it, – it's, it's all about not how – talking about West Side Story. No, but. no, no. It doesn't have to be about the fact that it's Shakespeare. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be just Shakespeare. It could be any – any TV show. I mean, like I, I've seen some TV shows even recently where what they've done. Well, actually, better yet, I saw a movie recently that uh, almost made me violently angry because of the way they, or, or the way the writer and the director, completely missed every great opportunity at telling a good story. Deliberately took some bad turns and then insulted the audience by doing something very self-congratulatory. It's a, it, yeah. And that made me hostile. Huh. So it doesn't have to be – I mean in the case of Naked Montague, it's, it, it was the way they handle Shakespeare. But it's not just – it's not Shakespeare. It's not, that's not the one commonality. It's just the way you approach your subject matter mm. and the, the way you treat it in respect to your audience. Hmm. Um. <clears throat> All right. Well, let's see. I'm just going to – I'm going to – I'll tell you, I will also partially answer your question. One show that I knew nothing about, and you and I didn't talk about it. Simon and I talked about it, but that I came to and watched and was um, surprised – surprised might be the wrong word, but Ultraviolet. Mm. Um, I have seen some of Ultraviolet on BBC America. Yeah, we we watched through that, and, um, you know, it wasn't – perfect but there was some very very well thought out deep stuff in it um you know there there is this they did they did a lot of things that like i believe we never even really ever saw two vampires talking to each other so we never saw them doing anything it was always the humans interacting with them and and that gave us this weird sort of us versus them that's very different than you would see from a TV show where it's like us versus them, two warring sides of people. Because they would, you know, each side is going to have that little pullback where, like, the two bad guys are talking to each other about their plan. And they never did that. So they were always very enigmatic throughout the course of the series. And you never knew really what they were doing. Was it a was it a con? Was it a... Uh, uh, a front? Were they lying? Were they telling the truth? You never knew because we never once actually saw them outside the context of them putting on a front for a human. And uh, it, it was it was a, a well thought out and interestingly crafted vampire story. I kind of wish it had gone into the second series so that we could have found out what was going to happen. But uh, like too many shows of that era, they like to end it on a kind of not exactly a cliffhanger, but, oh, look, we've got a big problem for next year. Give us money. Wink, wink. Nope. Uh-huh. Nobody gave us money. Yeah, that's a very British thing. Mm. I'm just going to name a couple you and I talked about that we haven't talked about. And quick thoughts, if you have on any of them, like, uh, we're not done, but uh, Blake 7? <sighs> this is a series that I'm, I find myself feeling a little disappointed in i because i uh, the last time i watched it was back in the 80s and it seemed to hold up i mean it well it was a little fresher back then but today and looking at it now it it just doesn't i mean some of the episodes stand out Mm 
There are some that I think that are really good. But there are others that just, wow, I, I thought this was much better than I remembered it being. You know, And, and then I watch and, I'm, and I walk away thinking, you know, I'm, I'm kind of unhappy. <laughs> it's, uh, like, it's like my childhood you know, or my youth is being you know, murdered in front of me as I watch episodes that I thought were pretty good and turns out they weren't. <laughs> Fantastic journey. Oh God, yeah. They're, 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 that's a that's another good one. I mean, that was a series that, and I, I said this all the time when we watched it, uh, uh, when you and I reviewed it, um, when it was on NBC, um, I loved it. But then I was fifteen, and I was starving for anything, and, and because there was nothing to watch. In, individual in, in individual episodes aside. Better or worse than Man from Atlantis? I put them really on par. Man, yeah, I had to say that. I mean, that's a tough call. Um, they are very much of a. They are very much of a of a of a kind in that era. They are. They really are. Yeah. That we can do anything we want. <laughs> They'll buy it. They like science fiction. Yeah, which we had discussed a lot. Too, you know, which just it, it showed, and as you said, you know, that this was the uh, the lack of understanding by the people who were running the shows, you know, running the networks. I mean, they thought, you know, oh, it's science fiction; the fans will like it no matter what, you know, without realizing the fans are a lot smarter than they were giving them giving them credit for. And, uh, and the plots were bad. Well, I mean, they they were take bad. The trappings of silliness aside, yeah, the, pl- the plots were terrible. Stories, they too. were terrible I mean, stories. I mean, yeah. there was only one for me in the latter part of the season or latter part of the show that I thought was really good because they made an attempt to create a type of ghost story. And it was – I mean, I, I, I'm not saying that it was like a, a phenomenal episode that made me um, just you know think, oh, this, this is the greatest thing I've ever watched. But it was – there was an attempt – and it was a really, really good attempt. In fact, it was the best attempt I'd seen uh, you know, in comparison to everything that was around it, like which was the terrible. With the um, the amusement park and Ick. the wolf faced people. Oof! 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 Yes. Oh God! That was, that was <laughs> that that had so many things wrong with it. Ah, uh, the oh, the feels. <laughs> uh, what yeah. about UFO? This is a show that continues to have me scratch my head because it's 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 a very bewildering show. Uh, there were times where they were telling some very compelling stories, and then they would turn around and they would just throw out some really dreadful garbage. And then there'd be times where it would do something that was just so unbelievably odd that you'd think you'd need to be smoking pot while watching it. Well, it was the sixties, uh, I, I gather. So that may have been their target market. I bet it I'm might have sure. been. Um, but again, it, I, it it was a it was a very weird show, uh, and I think part of that stems from you know Jerry Anderson had this idea about what he wanted it to be. The people, you know, the, the studio or the distributors, whoever, the network, whatever, you know, they had, oh, we want it to be this. We don't, you know, don't give us tea in the Midlands kind of thing. We want it to be something else. And so then you get this really bizarre, it's not even a yin and yang. It's like this, it's a bad tug of war 
trying to create something that everybody will be happy with, and instead you came up with a lot of stuff that nobody was happy with. Toss tossing aside, or let's say compared to Man from Land or 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 Fantastic Train, I think that uh, whatever its faults were, whatever its problems with with staging and directing and and some of the the logic of some of the plots, don't you think that at the very least somebody was sitting down when they were writing these stories and saying, I'm telling a human, human drama. A hu- some kind of a human interest story. Yeah, because yeah. a lot of these stories involved, you know, emotional upsets and intrigues and sometimes barely involved the UFOs at all. And I think, you know, here's a difference. Maybe the science wasn't great and maybe there wasn't something... I think Jerry Anderson and his crew were taking it seriously. I agree. They were taking the audience seriously and they said, we're going to tell adult stories about people plotting to kill their lovers and husbands and, and uh, you know, people being coerced into spying for the bad guys and, and all these things. And I, and, or, or, you know, Straker being a lonely man and, and mm-hmm. losing his wife to his, to his obsessive job and all these things. So that they were, they were clearly trying to, tell legitimate melodrama dramas I agree uh, in in the framework and it does show it shows that UFO was serious it may have been a little bit overly serious and it may have been a little bit dry in places and uh, whatnot, yeah, but, but I th- they were they I th- were trying something yeah and I think uh, those episodes that were very human interest especially the ones you know the one with Straker yeah, the wife um, the son who ends up dying. Oh yeah, I mean that—that that, that was riveting stuff. I mean, it's gut wrenching. I mean, it's it's yeah. really, really gut wrenching stuff. But that's the whole point. Uh, mm-hmm. Those were very, very good stories. I enjoyed them enormously. You know, but by the end, I I think that the they got tired of the fight. That they started the the latter part of the series. Uh, the episodes really began to look a little. Uh, they're, they're a bit they, weirder. Well, they're 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 a little weirder. It became harder to relate to the characters because they they weren't being written in a way that the audience members could just you know identify with them or with uh, the issues that they were going through. I mean, it was much stronger in the beginning of the se- uh, beginning of the show. So that might have stemmed from Jerry and company just getting tired of the battle to come up with a series that that uh, the the executives wanted i wonder how much of it was also due to the strike that separated their production yeah you know that might have yeah that that could really take the steam out of things um you know but yeah when we get to the end they have those weird time dilation episodes and the episode where uh, mind bender where straker thinks he's in the movies and i mean they, oh they that really is went, the that is the weirdest uh-huh that that episode is trippy I mean, that's that was the one that I said you feel like you need to be dropping some acid while watching well, remember, it. Remember, remember, time lash, the one with the the guy who could alter his time, and Straker and and uh, Colonel Lake are pumping themselves full of speed or yeah. something to keep themselves up. And I mean, that one was a bizarre one too. So mm-hmm. yeah, they were and and the druggy one at the end with yeah, the girl. And that, that was yeah, that were, was the weirdest of them all. I think they were they were going in. Yeah, that was so, and that leads us to uh, the other one that we're currently still working on, uh, Space Nineteen Ninety Nine. And I mean, <sighs> I I think 
Yes. You know, there's there's a lot we can we can see about um, the differences between Space 1999 and UFO. I think there's a there's a pedigree there. Yeah, a, but that's not necessarily enough. Um, yeah. Well, no, no. I'm I'm not making any excuses for either show. Uh, obviously, we know about the problems with Earthbound and you know more Moonbound. space stuff, <laughs> and so we we know what got us to space 1999. Um, uh, but again, <clears throat> how successful they are, I don't know. But at least as far as we are now, I think they're trying. They're they're trying to have thought provoking and idea deep episodes. The success is another question. That's yeah. That's yeah. But you can see it's there, just like in you can in UFO. Yes. You can see that they're trying. They are making the effort, and they're just yeah, maybe not so good at it. They're but, reaching, and but I think they're reaching in the wrong direction. Yeah, unlike Man from Atlantis, fantastic, oh journey, where you know they're just literally going. Well, we can just say any old crazy idea we want because <laughs> science fiction <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because the fans are stupid and they'll just buy anything. Well, mm-hmm. I'm being I'm being very very. I mean that that's an extreme. But it's not. I mean, right. there's not. They're not like that. But yes, I think there's something to that. Yeah. Well, I, I, I agree to to a smaller degree. I mean, I'm being I'm being very extremist we're, we're when I say that. But we're unfettered by the real world. Yeah. We can now, you know, and and whether or not you you know get the difference between. We're unfettered by modern technology so that we can have a movie like The Martian, which could not happen with the technology we have. True. And and I love that film. That is, um, uh, I, I absolutely adored that film. Uh, it was a very big surprise for me. Um, but, um, you know, that, but plausible mm-hmm. as opposed to Harry Potter. Totally implausible. Just, Totally implausible. It's just magic and stuff. And I don't think they really understood that there's a delineation there between the two. And so a lot of times what they would write off as techno babble was magic. Mm-hmm. And because, hey, we can just, you know, science will be able to do anything someday. And uh, I think. Thank so you, Arthur is, C. Clarke. <laughs> what is your. This is all Arthur C. Clarke's fault for bad science fiction. Um, oh, we're going to get letters. <laughs> oh, I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> uh, okay. He did do those horrible, horrible Arthur C. Clarke's crazy world stuff. Yeah, and, the, uh, those and, are pretty weird. You know, you know, those are is, odd. They were, they, yeah, that was pretty lame stuff there. Um, so what is your ideal science fiction then? Now, in in your mind, what's if not just um, you know? What, I mean that that's just you know we're not talking about that's contemporary, but I mean you just just you know just for you it. What, what is it? Yeah, what is what is the thing? What what do you what are you looking for in science fiction when you're watching? Uh, and if there's an example, that's great. But if not, you know, what are you looking for? Well, um, you know, I'm about to go and uh, retread over some very old ground, you know, but that is uh, Star Trek. Uh, when done right, uh, because Star Trek can also be done very, very wrong. You mean like Deep Space Nine? Uh, hey, hey, actually like Deep Space Nine. Stop it. Uh, I wasn't giving – I was putting it out there for you to decide which that was, right or wrong. <laughs> uh, I think Deep Space Nine actually did it right. Uh, but there are others that – and I, when I say did it wrong, I'm immediately pointing my finger at J.J. J. Abrams. Uh, that did it really, really wrong. 
but I think the most right of the Star Trek would be the original series, where it shows how humanity, through its struggle, is – they've created um, a, a, a society as utopian as it can be. They've worked for it by striving to be better than what humanity has been, and then with that with that same kind of benevolence to go out into the stars and to to explore to you know and you know and not be you know so english colonial and you know that what we've seen in other science fiction shows but to be more how do you know hi neighbor nice to meet you let's become friends kind of thing and at, at the same time learn more about themselves as they learn more about what's out there I mean, though, that's the kind of science fiction that just really excites me when it's all about going out into space and seeing the wonder that is there and not have it be some sort of, you know, dark, ugly dystopia that is so prevalent in uh, space opera today, which I hate. Let me ask you a question. A couple. I'll, I'll ask you a couple. So a lot of times people hold <clears throat> hold this one up as a as an alternative and I'll uh, uh, I mean, one of the things I didn't like, I, I, I didn't really care for Deep Space Nine too terribly much because I, I didn't like the the premise that, you know, everything we know about the Federation is really wrong. It's it's really kind of a crazy, corrupt, nasty place when you get to Deep Space Nine. Uh, and, and in later Next Gen and other places too. I mean, they, they, they broke down that wall on that utopian society or proto-utopian how society. Far in, how far into Deep Space Nine did you ever get? Not because they explain it, they hard to get through it. They explain why the Federation was broken, but and let, let and, and, and it was it was a very good explanation. What, what about what about um, Babylon Five? Oh, okay. I love Babylon Five, but I think for entirely different reasons. Um, and yeah, it uh, humanity is very flawed. Right there, and and I remember I saw an interview with D. Uh, they are very human. Oh, terribly human. Very contemporary. Terribly human. No doubt about it. Uh, in fact, I saw an interview with Dorothy Fontana, who was one of the writers for some of the episodes in the first season. May have done one or two. She did one in the second season. She she did she did one. Actually, she did a really really good episode in, in year two. Um, but she said that she was of the mind that. You know, humanity goes out into the stars. Well, they're still human. You know, all the things that make us what we are, we're taking with us. So, well, those are the okay. human is the tool of a writer, if you will. I mean, humanity is the tool of a writer because they have that experience, that shared experience with the audience or with the reader. And so, I I, I get why it's, for example, very hard to write for a utopian story. Because you you can't relate. Well, it also gets very dull. It can, right? It's very hard to put drama in a in a utopian. Uh, in, well, in that's a utopian well, that's world. why I said when it came to the original series that uh, I mean, I I did say utopian, but that's there. There was a qualification there. You know, it, this is a utopian that they had to fight for. They had to kind of earn it, and I mean, you know, they haven't achieved full utopia. Because uh, I don't even know if that's achievable in 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 one's lifetime, I, I or you know in in the life of a species. I don't know if it can be can ever be achieved. But they, 
I, I, I say utopia, and I only do that in comparison to everything we know about you know humanity as it is today on Earth. So it's just oh, a, it's just yeah. a, it's just a comparative term. Are right. they perfect? Oh, by no means. I mean, there are some episodes in the original series where uh, humans, you know, they get a mirror shown up to their face and they see the cracks. And they realized, oh, yeah, we're not quite there yet. We still got some work we have to do. Maybe we'll be there in um, several thousand years. Yeah, I, 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 I'm curious about Babylon 5 because it is, it is considered, you know, I, 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 I enjoy Babylon 5. I, I do not enjoy uh, listening to J. Michael Straczynski blather on. But he's I, very full of himself, yes. Oh, yeah. I met the um, man. Yeah, he's terribly ter- ter- full of himself. I met him as well, yes. And, um, uh, uh, he's, but he, and he does not necessarily make the most realistic dialogue and he's a little bit on the nose from time to time, but, you know, he did put together a cohesive universe for a space opera mm-hmm. and, uh, it was pretty, it was, it was amazing it, the, way, the way he built it. It, it was, uh, you know, it, it was dark, but it wasn't so dark that, I disliked it. So, for example, I cannot. I just hate post-apocalyptic. Oh, I despise post-apocalyptic because everything is just so dark and nasty, well, and everybody's just so horrible and awful. Yeah. And in, in Babylon Five, um, there was a lot of nasty, right? But it was in the context of there were a lot of good people out there too. Mm-hmm. This this wasn't like you know, let's give everyone a dark, evil secret, and you know that way they're all interesting characters. It's like no, we had good characters who had flaws, and we had Bad characters who had some humanity to them at uh-huh. the same time, uh-huh. and uh, and it was at a realistic level of uh, you know machinations when you've got basically gods walking amongst you, right? Um, and uh, yeah, so I I I hold it up as a good example. Of- I, I, yeah, Babylon Five I think was a, that was a very very good show, um, and it's a series that I love to revisit from time to time. Okay, so anything that is current. Right now, yes, that you are jazzed about and that you like. Uh, there is one science fiction series that uh, Keith and I just finished watching. It's on Netflix. It's called Travelers. It's actually from Canada, uh, and it's uh, the producers of the show worked on both Stargate SG One and uh, on another time travel series called Continuum, which was a very very smart sci fi series out of Canada too, out of Vancouver. Uh, this is a series about. Um, apparently in the future, there was a, a major catastrophe. It was a natural disaster, and it just demolished Earth. And humanity is almost entirely dead. Uh, there's a small pocket of, of humans, and they've managed to engineer a sort of a time travel gimmick by which they could actually project the consciousness of a person back into the past of someone who is uh, at the throes of death. <coughs> quantum leap. Yeah, it, ha- it sort of has a quantum leap feel, but this is a, this is a one-way trip. Once they're there, they are there. End of story. So, hmm. uh, it's it's you know the these these people you know they're they're sort of like. Um, so is each episode a different person? No, it's about a team of people who are trying to uh, engineer a bunch of small events. In an attempt to alter a big event, and then that, ah. and then they finally succeed in that, and they succeeded in that only two uh, only two thirds into the show, and even then they address like, well, wait a minute, 
Um, and th- then I start thinking, well, if, if we've managed to do this, how come we're still here? Because history would have been changed. We wouldn't have gone back. You know, they sort of addressed the whole grandfather paradox thing in their own sort of way. And they said, but we're still here. What's going on? And then they realized that, oh, we've actually made things worse. <laughs> of course they did. Because so that's what happens when you're watching. Well, that's one of the dangers travel. of time travel that's shows. The flash. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Flashpoint, please. Don't get me started. Uh, so, but they handled it in a very smart way. And uh, it, it, it was very intriguing. It, it has some really compelling characters, which helped to drive the show. So it's not only per, uh, plot driven, it's very character driven. It, it, it was a very, very enjoyable series for me and Keith. We had a very good time watching it. Well, I'll, I'll um, <clears throat> I won't go into mine. Um, I'll name it. But I won't go into it. I uh, I've already um, asked these questions to Simon, and and I I spilled the beans there, so I'll I'll say that discussion for there. But for me, there is only one show that I've seen in years that I've science fiction recently that I've like actively done. I love this show. I love The Expanse. Haven't watched it. Oh. I love it. And you're not the anyway, only – everybody that I've talked to who, who has seen The Expanse loves it. Babylon 5 level. Yeah, everybody that I've talked kind to. world building and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and technology. So Yeah, yeah well, everybody that I've talked to who's watched it says it's absolutely phenomenal. Okay, so is there anything out there right now that you dislike? Really uh, dislike. If we're going to talk television shows, um, I'll tell you one that was an enormous disappointment. And uh, that was uh, a series called Beyond. This, I mean, I, I'm not going to say that I, act, that I really, really hated it, but I was just enormously disappointed by it because this looked like it. I mean, it it was it's it's it, it was made for the um, uh, Beyond the one where the guy was in a coma yeah, for a long time. That's the one. Okay. Yeah, it was made for uh, a network called Freeform. Which was formerly known as ABC Family. Oh, yes. So, oh, yeah. so this ABC? this is supposed to be a family sci-fi, and you know, family sci-fi's can still be good. They don't have to be bad. They don't have to be weak. Uh, unfortunately, this one fell into that trap of being bad and weak, and it started using some really bad uh, plot contrivances and bad characterizations. To the and uh, a lot of again a lot of missed opportunities and you think you know the series if you really want to make the show do well you really need to gear it in this direction oh but why did you have your characters go off in this way and then start behaving in this manner which is completely inconsistent from what we saw you know like four episodes ago you know that kind of thing so it, mm. it was just such a huge disappointment. Um, in terms of, but you know, I'm trying to think if, if there's actually a show that I actively really dislike. Hmm. Um, duh, God, you know that that's on now. Um, yeah, or, or moderately recent, moderny stuff. Uh, it's kind of hard to, nowadays. It's kind of hard. That, you know, that, that, you have that, shows that is like tough. The Travelers that they just dump all on at once. Yeah, you know, in, in binge watching, it's like, is it a current show or is it is it a show? It that, is current. You know, it came out a year ago. Is that current? I don't know. It it is current. It actually premiered in Canada not long ago. So Netflix got their hands on it and they were able to run it here. I'm I'm trying to think, is there anything that has been on at least within the last couple of years that really just – oh, yes. (laughs) Yes. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, no. There is a show that is currently on right now and I actively – hate this show 
It's on CBS and it's called Scorpio. I've not even heard of it. Oh, it's bad. This is dreadfully bad. It's about a group of misfits who were, you know, they were kind of like, uh, you know, sort of like they, they, misfits. I mean, they're they're all very they're like savants in their own way, but they all have like Asperger syndrome in their own way. I mean, they can't relate to anybody outside of their own little clique, and they're all criminals. That's when this uh, Fed finds them. And recruits them as his special ops team for all sorts of rescues. And the very first episode was so offensively stupid that Keith and I never watched again. Because we, we will usually give a show the the five-episode sniff test. Five episodes. Yeah, that's- yeah. That, I know that that's really pushing it. Uh, most of the time, most of the time we give it at least three. But we, if, we can, if we can get into five episodes, then we're doing good. Uh, we couldn't even do one. I mean, we got through one, but that was it. I mean, the the idea how there was a computer virus that was infecting all of the uh, con- uh, control towers for airports that no plane could land. <laughs> well, that's ridiculous. They don't have computers in those things. They're still running nineteen seventy stuff. <laughs> I know. I mean, and and then well, here here's the great one. Uh, the also the planes had. They, they also had the virus, too, because the virus was transmitted from the infected computers at the various control towers into the computer systems of the planes. So he, this this is the one that was so good. Oh, man, this really pissed Keith off badly. Uh, at one point, they get into this, like, the, 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 the fastest car they can find. And they the, the plane, and this is a jet liner, you know, a passenger liner like a 747. Mm-hmm. It flies like a hundred feet off the ground over a runway. And this guy, uh, a harness is dropped down and he's lifted up and he connects. He's, he's got, uh, the proper software on his laptop and he's going to hook up like a cat five cable so that he can upload a clean version of the OS into the computer on the plane so that the plane can land. And my key, my thought is, hey, I got a great idea. Vacate the airport. Let the plane land. <laughs> then the words Independence Day came to my mind there where you were describing that. Oh, Independence Day smarter than this. <laughs> that that uploading the virus at the end of the film still to this day. I know. That's silly. But at least that one didn't really offend me like this uh, because they're using – this. this was supposed to be a present-day situation. And they're doing this – I mean this is like today in L.A. Uh, but kind of thing. You see, you're probably – you don't understand because they are savants. Oh, bite they me. They do stuff like that. Oh, yeah. They, yeah. You, this, is, this is savant land. They can do anything. That's, see, it's, 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 ni- it's 1970 science oh, so, fiction all over again with savants. OK. So this is the precursor to alternative facts. Yes. Thank you. Everything is a precursor to alternative facts. We've been building to that – Ever since George Orwell wrote 1984. <laughs> well, there we've it is. On this, we've just been on this collision course waiting for that disaster to happen. <laughs> so, yeah, Scorpio, that's the show. Yeah, and every time uh, we're watching – like, cause I, I love to watch Elementary, uh, the Sherlock Holmes show that's on CBS. Yeah. I love to watch that. But we'll see uh, you know, ads for Scorpio. And a, you know, CBS is number one show. And I, I watched that. I thought, why is that show still on? Why is it on? It it needs to be canceled. Why is it their number one show? Why is it the no- well? Every show they have is their number one show. I mean, so I've, yeah, that's stupid in and of itself. 
We've we've come up with a new rating system. They're all number one. They're all number one. Yeah. It's the, the best show ever. Yeah. And as is uh, the next show after that, the best show ever. They're all the best show ever. But Scorpio is the one that every, every time we see an ad for it, Keith and I just look at each other and say, why is that stupid show still on? I mean, it is – it's really bad. I felt the same way about Knight Rider 2000. Uh, <laughs> oh, I saw that. I saw one of those. And yeah, that was <laughs> – that was bad. All right. Well, so that's 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 where we are. Um, you know, 300 episodes more? I don't know. Are it, there 300? I mean, there's all of there's all of Logan's run. Yeah. There is that. Uh, some more Doom Watch and uh and uh, I'm sure there's some other shows out there that we have not yet gotten to. Oh, there's the wealth of Irwin Allen. Oh. You know, I'm not. We're not doing Lost in Space because I can't imagine committing to the years and <laughs> years it would take to get three through. seasons. Three seasons. Is it only three. It's only three seasons. It was I his longest. It, it was four. his no. It was his longest running show. It's only three seasons. I should know. I have the Blu-rays. I I would like. Oh, <laughs> I thought about getting them. I have to say, um, despite the uh, carrot people, but uh, yeah. Um, Time tunnel. I have time tunnel sitting here. That was. Uh, I, I'd like to go through it again. I can. I can definitely. That imagine one is that if you right up there. Little, oh God, time tunnel. If you tunnel. did a little research, ouch. You did a little research. That show might be incredibly awful. I, it already is incredibly awful. Just thinking about it. I, I, I remember being offended by the episode, uh, the walls of Jericho, mm-hmm. where they they actually. You know, actually go out there and do the uh, whatever the heck it was. Shout Jehovah's name three times or something, and the walls all collapsed or something. And they spent the whole episode with Lee Merriweather back in the in the future, uh, who had revealed herself to be an atheist. And this is just ridiculous, and it can't possibly be happening. She was just rabidly fuming in her mouth, and and I I agree with her. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's like, I cannot believe you guys are presenting this as actual history here. Come on. This is the time tunnel. This is supposed to be historically accurate people. <laughs> just, I remember that sitting there going, well, this is not only is this kind of interesting because it's getting that goat reaction out of me. But at the same time, they've they've made Lee Merriweather look like an absolute jerk in this. <laughs> Because of this, whereas she's been this nice, pleasant person all along, but now, <laughs> well, the one night, the one thing, if if we did do time tunnel, is that there are one or two episodes that I only, well, actually, there's one in particular, one specific episode that I, I remember watching part of it, or at least I remember only part of it, and somehow Lee Merriweather's character ends up with was it Tony and Alan, or that those are names. Yeah, yeah. Tony and Doug. Doug, Doug that's Tony it. Tony and Doug. Doug. She, she ends up with them. I think you're right. I think there, there was one. Is where she, one. She is with them, and it's some futuristic. There's a couple setting. of them. There's, there's a couple in the future. There was there was one aboard a moonship. I remember that one. Uh, and then there was one where they were fighting some sort of alien invasion. That I don't uh, remember. I think it was in the future. Oh, it have or to maybe be. the aliens invaded the time tunnel. I, I don't remember which the case was but oh yeah 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 yeah. that does they were in the past mostly yeah 
But yeah. this, but the one where Lee Merriweather ends up in the future with Tony and Doug, I'm, I, w- I definitely want to see that one again. And then, oh god, the Titanic episode. Ugh, yuck. That's like the pilot. It is the pilot. It is God. What a disappointing pilot. It's like the pilot. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, the clothes that uh, Doug is wearing, Doug's the older one, are Titanic era clothes. They are throughout the rest of the series. Yep. And Tony is wearing his '60s garb. Oh yeah, his, and there is this his, his green this, turtleneck sweater. There's this stupid explanation in the show where uh, whenever they jump in the time tunnel again, it reverts them back to those clothes every time. Mm. Even if they change their clothes to disguise themselves in whatever time period, then when they jump, bing, bing, their clothes change back to the things. That way that the special effects of them tumbling through the time tunnel don't have to be changed. How convenient. <laughs> I thought, like, you know, it's like that, it's, 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 you get that scene where where Roddenberry's sitting around, well, we just can't afford to land this ship, so uh, we need transporter. And then I can see them at the time tunnels. Like, well, we can't afford to reshoot that tumbling scene every time. So um, we'll just show it again, 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 again. Their clothes magically change back. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> ben, thank you oh. for so many podcasts. Oh, it was it was such a joy. <laughs> and. Uh, Listeners, I do hope you'll continue to follow along with us as we continue this journey through. I should put sound effects on this science fiction or something to that effect. Okay, so I have with me uh, my my co-host, Simon, and uh, welcome, Simon. Thank you very much. To the 300th episode of Fusion Patrol, which boggles my mind. Do you know that you have been doing this since July of 2010? Wow. The very, the very first episode uh, was July of 2010 when we talked about uh, – we kind of took a, uh, a riff off your article that you posted on your blog, Little Storping in the Swuff, uh, about uh, the pattern of the, the three doctors, ah, Eccleston, yeah. Tennant, and, and Smith in their, their intro and who, who had the best uh, pieces of the – or who was the best doctor? I think was the we summarized it down to. It's been it's been that long, <laughs> and the and the pattern has long since vanished from Doctor Who. But it uh, has, yes. Which you know is something we could talk about and, and possibly at some point in the future because there is there was that very very distinct pattern between Eccleston's first year and David Tennant's first year, and that must have been um, uh, Russell T Davies. Oh yeah, I, well I think it lasted. And then Moffat broke it. It lasted throughout the RTD era, and then Moffat did a year of it as almost a kind of continuity thing. While he was, you know, getting his feet, making back, other changes elsewhere, he was keeping something familiar in in the form of that. But uh, since then, yeah, yeah, all sorts of changes. <laughs> Oh, many, many, many changes. Many things we've seen in Doctor Who, too, that have come along during this show. Animated episodes. <clears throat> I think almost all of them. And I mean, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, um, kind of some basic questions I'm just uh, going to put out there. Um, you, you haven't done, you have not done 300 episodes because we alternate them back and forth a bit. But um, what, what, uh, of all the stuff you've, you, we've talked about and, and what, 
what stands out? What um, do you remember anything? Do you remember any of it? I, I forget a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. What did I, we do last week again? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, see, that, if that didn't stand out, then you can you can forget that one. But the things that stand out, I I I would say the things that have stood out to me are the shows that um, listening to and participating in Fusion Patrol both in fact because i'm i'm quite i i i i want to see the shows that you're discussing i the 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 whole book group format means i gotta get myself the episode that's that's under discussion in order to to hear hear you and ben if it's you and ben talking about it uh, obviously i've got to watch it if it's me talking about it as well um but you know the 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 same rule applies whoever it is and so um so you know when you did sapphire and steel and mm-hmm. i think i talked about an episode of sapphire did, and yeah. steel as well that was the first time i've really properly got into into sapphire and steel and i really really enjoyed that show um i i guess i'd seen a couple of episodes maybe um some some time before and never it never quite sort of taken the time to to watch a whole serial and appreciate it so that that that's a standout and i suppose a similar thing could be said about the prisoner which i'd i I, i'm sure i had seen but hadn't properly taken the time to appreciate and watching that through was a real pleasure and that's that's really stuck in my mind as well as as you know something that is event television i can't remember now when we got to the last episode was that a, ye- a plus or a minus for you on that one? Oh, i i i, I really the enjoyed the like the, the ending of the prisoner yeah yeah and but it's it's actually one of those things that probably because you know we watch the show and typically when we're recording i tend to try and do my first viewing of 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 the episode a lot of times i just do one viewing sometimes i do a couple but i try to watch it quite close to recording Mm -hmm. because i want to as much as possible remember my first reactions to it um now the thing is with the prisoner it actually sticks in your head and stuff goes round and round and round and months and months after i watched that final episode of the prisoner i'm thinking about particular scenes i'm thinking about oh oh what did that mean so if you know if we talked about it again i might have a different set of uh, reactions to those that actually i recorded a couple of days after watching it um but yeah i i i enjoyed i i think i think i said i enjoyed it then but i i i certainly continue to enjoy it it very much hmm. influences the way i think about the show as a whole so do you feel like and i think you already answered it but i'll i'll throw it out there anyway um do you feel like the process of watching it with the eye towards discussing it changes the way that you look at a show absolutely oh yeah absolutely and i think i think that's that's maybe why with one show that i almost always watch twice if 
we're going to do a recording of it is Doctor Who, you know, brand new episodes of Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. So st- stuff I've never I've never seen before. And part of the reason for that is because I kind of feel like I've got to I got to watch it just watching it. And then I got to watch it, you know, with with notes and and with thinking about myself reacting to to watching the episode if that if that makes sense Mm -hmm. rather than simply just kind of letting it wash over me so it 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 does it does make a difference to the viewing but in a good way um i i i do i i I like the process it's quite a um it, it it's a sort of it's a sort of discipline which has the good effect that you sometimes pay more attention to details or context or 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 structure or things about an episode that you might just have left in your unconscious hmm. otherwise um but because you're because you're thinking about this 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 story in a different way you you appreciate differently hmm. So it's kind of it's interesting because I I know with um some of some of the stuff that Ben and I have talked about <clears throat> uh say for example so let's not use Star Lost as an example because the Star Lost is a show <laughs> I never saw. So I'm I'm coming into it cold, right? I'm just yeah. I'm watching it for the first time and I'm like, wow, this was a train wreck or, or uh, you know, amusing in some places as a train wreck, but you know a train wreck and I, and I do find humor in that so for me whenever I'm watching shows even shows I really like I will I will kind of pick pick flaws out of them to be joking about it's 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 a it, it's my type of interactive humor with you know if I'm in a room with people or something I, even if I'm loving the show I'm still always doing that so so I'm a, I'm a critical person um in in the negative way and um, but some of the shows, and I won't name them because I don't want to spoil you on this one, um, that we have watched that I love, shows I adore. Uh, you know, some of the episodes we get around to to watching, and they are so much more dire than I ever remembered. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I remember loving this episode, but when I actually think about it, oh my. <laughs> so, um and and that that one's in a way that's a little uh, depressing, <laughs> but it's kind of like a little bit of my childhood is being killed while I'm watching it. But then there are other shows like Sapphire and Steel and the Prisoner where you could probably talk about them forever. And well, maybe, and, but does it ever go the other way? Do you do you never kind of watch an episode that you thought was a bit of a dud and pick the things out of it that actually yes. maybe redeem it in some ways? Yes, I, I have picked things out of episodes that I had watched that were eh, maybe not dire, but you know, not particularly impressed me. And by thinking about it, I've come up with things that are like, oh, I see what the writer was trying to do here. That's usually where it comes about. It's like, okay, he's got something he's trying to say, and I've been distracted by the trappings or something else every other time I've watched this, but when I'm actually going through it and, and and I find an appreciation for that. So yeah, it does happen. 
I can't think of one off the top of my head, but absolutely, absolutely, it has happened. It's just, it's when you when you said it's always positive. It's like, yeah, I, yeah, I, I wish I could say it was always positive. Um, a lot of times, well, positive, I, but for me, for me, but I, I, I guess I kind of thought it was positive. Well, I mean, no, I, I think it is positive. But I was thinking when I was saying that more about shows that I enjoy, mm-hmm. um, even even though you know you. One one can't help being critical about, um, you know. There's always going to be some aspect where you think, "Well, I don't really know why they did that," or you 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 know you think about it a little bit more and you go, "Well, it all seemed to make sense when I was watching it, but now I've thought about it." <laughs> <laughs> like that didn't make. I've, I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen. So that. so yeah, that that can certainly happen. But I th- I think I think the the. Um, the other end of things, and I guess the the the, the shall we say lesser shows. The, there are there are some shows that I maybe have tried to forget having had to watch um, because, like I say, you know, there I am plowing through the episodes to to kind of keep up um, when you and Ben are doing episodes. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I'll, I'll be honest about some of them. I probably wouldn't. Well. I'll be very honest and say some of them I didn't carry on. You know, Man from Atlantis mm. was perhaps just too big a bigger bigger task for me. I I, I just wasn't up to that. Ben won't even finish it. <laughs> I can't. I well, cannot get Ben to finish it. So me- <laughs> I bailed. I bailed out before he did. Um, so you know, he's a better man than me. But uh, but you know, there 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 are other shows where I probably wouldn't be watching it for my own enjoyment but i'm but i'm sticking with it watching it so that i can then listen to an episode of you and ben talking about it and the the thing about doing that is the fact that you're that you're you're still watching it kind of critically because you're thinking well i wonder what they're going to say about it and already sort of starting to think about what what you would say about it and that that kind of makes it bearable where you'd otherwise be going oh this is just dire and you know i i love um when we get comments from the listeners i know that's cliche but you know a lot of times you can tell they've done exactly that They've, they've watched through the episode critically as well and yeah sometimes bring up things totally totally did not see um when we were talking about it and and in a way um hubris perhaps but by the time we're done talking about an episode i I usually feel like well there is no more to be teased out of that and then have someone else uh just pull something out that you didn't see and i and I, i can give you an example and i can name names and that was um Oh, I can't think of the name of the episode. Space 1999 episode. Uh, oh, um, um, A Matter of Life. And it was the Dr. Russell. Matter of Life meets, and Death, yeah. Meets her husband. And you pulled that, that Eden parallel out of that. And I mean, in, in the comments afterwards, I'm like, wow, he is exactly right. That is supposed to be, not Eden, but but sort of heaven, sort of where you go when you the paradise yeah, thing and the, like, the afterlife yeah. totally totally not did not get that the trappings of the sci-fi and the mumbo jumbo about the the antimatter universe 
just disguised it and didn't see it until it was, you know, hit me on the head. And like, oh, oh. And then that and that just carries on with this this theme that we keep seeing of space god in in these episodes. So, um, yeah, it, it's I love it. I love it. And we have we have several other commenters who who chip in and and uh, I don't I try not to debate them. In, in the comments, because that sounds like I'm being argumentative. It's not that. It's you know, <laughs> what, what it says is stands. And I usually, you know, it's like, that. that is that is cool. I, I, I want to reply, but at the same time, I don't want to be, but then, no, no, you see, here's what I'm thinking. Because it's, it's, it's not that. I mean, there's no right or wrong interpretation, except for perhaps the writers or the the, the, the producer, the director, whoever put the episode ultimately together. But uh, so, but, you, I, but, you, I, but I do, I love those conversations where, you know, and 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 it might happen in the podcast or maybe in the comments afterwards. We come at something with a perspective that I mean. Sometimes we've got almost exactly you know we watch the thing. We've got almost exactly the same points. Like boom, 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 boom. Yeah, mm-hmm. done. It's so much more interesting when you come at something and you've got a completely different perspective, and the other person gives you something that you just you hadn't got at all and suddenly you're oh right and that that doesn't necessarily mean you change your view of the thing but it Mm. might challenge you and you might you might have to you might have to think harder about your interpretation of it and whether it still stands up and and so and sometimes you kind of stick to that but you you know defending it forces you to explore it and that is interesting um so so those yeah those those kind of discussions that change perspective on things are really, really exciting, I think. So you mentioned Man from Atlantis is one to stay away from. Any any others that come to mind off the top of your head that... Uh... Uh, well, I, get, I mean, Man from Atlantis and, uh, and Star Lost were, were both ones that I found difficult to, to stick with. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to be a, a little bit controversial... Uh, well all right uh i'll be a little bit controversial with ufo Mm -hmm. um kind of find ufo quite hard going i'm still working my way through it because i want to i i I enjoy the discussions of ufo and i want to to finish them all um but i'm slightly discouraged by the need to (laughs) to watch all the episodes first but i'll do it i will i will do it And, and i know that um you and Ben aren't the only people who who like that show. Um, you know, people close to me enjoy it too. It's just something I don't quite get. And and I think probably Blake Seven's going to be more controversial. Uh, again, mm-hmm. I'm I'm pretty much watching it to to listen to you guys at this stage, um, and it's held up as being this kind of sci-fi. Uh, landmark, I, I I guess. Yeah. And I, and I'm and I'm looking at it, and I, I don't get it. I don't understand. How far into it are you? Is that a curiosity? So I'm I'm two series in. I'm halfway. Okay. Um, Did you finish the second I, series? I have finished the second series. Yeah. Okay. So I'm 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 about to embark on the on the third series, and I would have expected by the time I got you know, whatever it is, 26 episodes in? Yeah. That I would have got an inkling about what... I kind of get the camp stuff. 
some of the episodes are fantastic just because they are so incredibly camp um but yeah yeah Mm. i don't know it's it's just it's not as exciting as i expected to find it having heard all the hype about it but there we go there, there are some spots in Blake 7 where, I uh, wasn't going to do the spoilers, but there are some some of the episodes, anyway, even for, for someone who I, I love the series, I can see there are a few of the episodes where we, we are, it's a trudge to get through it. <clears throat> but, you know, I, 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 it's not like I'm, I'm uh, I don't have bad TV series that I love myself. Mm-hmm. I do understand this, you know. I, the new Avengers uh-huh. is mm-hmm. probably 90% pure crud but i will pretty much happily watch any episode of it any day of the week and it and lots of doctor who it's the same thing i will happily watch sometimes i'm in the mood for a particular doctor who story that i've watched and thought this is awful and yet (coughs) if the mood takes me i want to watch it again and if i need to you know if i want to discuss a particular point about some story or or you know i've watched the sequel and i want to go back and look at how that happened in the original i would watch a bad doctor who story without hesitation without kind of going oh no what a what a trudge to 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 get through all of that so there's bad tv that i kind of know at a conscious level is bad and yet at an emotional level i i just i love it and i get a buzz from watching it so I, I completely understand that people people do feel like that about Blake 7. It's just I don't quite get that yet. Uh, so maybe just uh, try, to, try to come up with like a sentence. I'm just going gonna, gonna to run over the episodes that you and I have at least talked about one episode. And I will skip Doctor Who because it's Doctor Who. Um, yeah, it's hard to do in a sentence. Well, I suspect so many shows is Doctor Who. So right. many shows. So we already talked about Saffron Steel and the Prisoner, Ultraviolet. Oh well, that, well that's in, that's one I I love that show, and it that that was I think the only one where I kind of brought it in to the discussion, knowing it, and and you didn't. Uh, so so that was interesting. But yeah, it's it's a fave. We're going to talk about UFO Omega Factor. Omega Factor. It was an interesting show. Uh, I enjoyed viewing it. So it's not a classic, though. It's. Um, I'm, it, I'm definitely it, thinking we're going to do the the big finish. Yeah. Well, I, I it it's an, it's an in, it's an interesting it's an interesting show, and I think I I can see its influences elsewhere. So it's worth watching from that point of view. But it's more. It's, it feels like more of a kind of piece of academic interest than uh, something that I would add add to my list of shows I watch with with uh, passion. How about Paradox? Mm, I still think that first episode of Paradox was really, really top notch television. Really ace. Um, the rest of the show, such as it is, pretty forgettable. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, and, and we didn't really talk about it, per se, in episodes, but uh, I'll just throw one out here anyway. Primeval. Primeval. Um, I, I, I may have given my uh, my opinion on this in the podcast in the past. But I think so. 
at, at series one i do feel passionately about it's one of those shows you know i come back like you like um ultraviolet i will re-watch those six episodes on a regular basis it makes me happy uh i tried I, I can't. I don't. I can't remember if I got to the end of series two on first viewing. Um, I tried to stick with it, couldn't do it. Don't ever want to watch any of the subsequent episodes again. No thanks. And, and did you even try series three or four? I I I I, I think I probably bailed either at the end of series two or near the end of series two, or maybe right at the beginning of series three. Hmm. But uh, yeah, no, I certainly. Certainly didn't get into series three. <laughs> All right. So, <clears throat> what is uh, this couple generics? What's your what's your ideal science fiction show? What is the what would you hold up as your shining beacon I, of hope? Shining beacon. I I guess you know my my sort of my shameful confession <laughs> to the Fusion Patrol listeners. Though I may have mentioned this before, um, but you know, hosting a hosting a, a podcast about sci-fi series is i'm not really a sci-fi fan mm. and but i, I that, that i that makes it sound like i'm not a fan of a load of these shows which i am but i know some people kind of have it in their genes i i know you do i know ben does i know you grew up with this stuff it was it was your thing mm-hmm. and i i didn't i guess I've sci-fi was one of those genres that were it I saw genres and I kind of gradually got to think about genres as not really being important um you know I I didn't like horror and then I saw The Shining and thought wow that's that's actually a really good film regardless of what genre it is I didn't like kind of high school films and then I saw Heathers and I thought wow that's that's and uh sci-fi 2001 i i i guess i liked um some of the comedy stuff like a big douglas adams fan and uh and red dwarf mm. but i liked it because it was comedy not because it was sci-fi um and probably doctor who was the exception to that because i kind of got into uh the the sort of uh some of the Troughton and pertwee stuff because i was into sort of 60s 70s television and it and it was more stuff of that era and it didn't matter so much that it was sci-fi and then i guess you know that 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 is the reason why classics like sapphire and steel and and the prisoner and blake seven i guess is a classic even if i'm not necessarily counting it as one myself classics that you know not everyone yeah, ex- exactly, and, and that—that—that's why I haven't seen shows like that because I, because I didn't grow up kind of with a, an, an appetite for sci-fi that led me out to kind of track these things down and watch them, and and the kind of things that I like, I guess, are are um, things like political thrillers. So there are shows the like the when I got into the X Files, I got into a show that was a political thriller, essentially. Hmm. and and that's why i got into it and so i guess i i I like that in a sci-fi show and um you know that's maybe why i particularly like torchwood children of earth but the other thing i i think 
sci-fi does i guess this is a kind of cliche but it's the way in which you can take an idea and abstract it from the kind of uh some of the 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 social and cultural norms in order to to be able to examine them a little more objectively Mm. um so I think that's more my thing than reversing the polarity of the neutron flow and and all the kind of um, the mumbo jumbo or the the kind of Star Wars lore or or things that people get lost mm. in. Um, I, I walked out of the cinema after seeing Arrival the other day and thought that's that's my kind of sci-fi. Something about that taking a an idea i haven't seen it and exactly yeah yeah exactly and i i'm not i'm not going to give any spoilers because listeners listeners may not have heard it either but but there's a there's a there's a kind of simple idea at the heart of it and it that that cuts through everything in the story that's you know that's what the 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 whole story is about and it and and what what the what the thing is is built around and it's fundamental to to human interaction you know to the the way in which we use language and everything and it and it makes you it makes you it's a, i mean it's a great story but it makes you think about that stuff and that's what i kind of want from from my sci-fi stories i guess that, that might actually answer the question i was the the, the last question there is uh, is there anything that that's current that's right now that's either on or i guess we could use arrival as a movie that that really grabs you anything yeah yeah i i i guess so i'm not i i'm not watching anything and i don't think there's anything i'm watching new sci-fi just at the moment couple of shows on my list that i guess i will get to um <laughs> actually went to the cinema to see rogue one and quite enjoyed that which is kind of a first for a star wars film for me so i kind of enjoyed it too uh, except i did kind of sleep through the first 30 minutes or <laughs> it was a little slow starting but i, I, did, I, did, <laughs> I did enjoy that one um but but yeah I, i'll put arrival down as as being the thing that i'm uh excited about in terms of sci-fi i've seen lately well i don't know if i'll i'll put it here or or in the bin but I, I will come out here to answer that question for anyone who's curious as to my opinion on that currently there is only one you know, not counting Doctor Who, which is just a you know standing, a standing must watch, um, and it's not on at the moment. The Expanse, oh. which is, we're between season one and season two, and I think season two starts in next month. And uh, so that means I, season one is there for binge watching. Yes, and I did. Excellent. And I did, and I'm not much on I'm not much on binge watching uh, shows. I didn't do them all in once, but I did them within three uh, goes and. I I took it just because I saw an article that said here is a here's a space opera that they've they're not treating the science like it's magic and it's you know it's a, it's a true space opera which is very rare uh in science fiction because space is expensive. You know science fiction in space is expensive. And uh I watched it and I was I was blown away. Um I I loved it. <laughs> I was just absolutely enthralled by it. And uh, so I've been off reading the books now, 
which you know is likely to to spoil me but uh re- is, is this is this a series based on the books or the yes. books series uh-huh. based on the books and it's you know <clears throat> there have been changes and having now read through the first book and watched the first series um i'm not offended by the changes i understand why they did them they put in some things to kind of shift the action around so you'd have a little bit more action per episode or certain dramatic elements so that they're a little more evenly spaced with one hour episodes but i i i i absolutely love that show and i'm i'm looking forward to it um arriving for part with series two (laughs) and would you recommend reading it before watching it i mean i tend to like to go with whichever came first first if you see what i mean but that is a good is question. That, so I, is I, that the way you do it? If you had your time again, I, I'm going to reveal something. It's not a spoiler, but um, book one is twice as long as series one. So you only, okay. get, you only get about halfway through the first book. So if you read the first book, you will know where the series is going. Even though there's some subtle differences there, um, I I don't know. I think I think I might still watch the series first. Because it's, um, you know, when you're in a book, you can you can talk more about the physics and the gravity and the and and how the the world works. And when I watched the when I watched the series, I didn't feel like I needed it, but I didn't feel like I was being cheated either. And and then when I read the book, I actually thought I actually thought, ooh, this is expanding upon something I like, and and I. And that's rare. Usually when I read the book afterwards, I go like, ah, now I see how they ruined it. But instead, I'm, I'm reading the book. <laughs> yeah. And instead, I'm reading the book and I'm actually going, well, this, you know, this builds up on what I liked and, and enjoyed about the story. And it, it brings a bigger tapestry. So I don't, I don't know what would happen if I went the other day. Would I feel cheated? Because it's not. So I, I, would, uh, I would go ahead with the series. The series itself has been very highly critically acclaimed and uh, also apparently very popular on the Sci-Fi Channel. And it's, they've clearly spent a lot of money on it. They've spent a lot of money um, doing the special effects because they're, they're big. Big spaceships, battles, asteroids, you know. It's, but it's not, it's not Star Wars. It is... You know, if 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 you had a navy and it had two ships in space, what would that be like? And it's very different. Um, it's it's thought out. The physics is mm. thought out, kind of stuff, and the tactics are different. And and uh, and and I don't want you to think it's a war film because it's not. It is actually a it's a detective mystery. Oh, there's two threads. There's basically Hello. there's there's a detective. Sounds better and better. There's a cop who is trying to solve a mystery of a missing woman. And there is uh, a space captain who's trying to solve the mystery of a of a spaceship that was destroyed. And uh, it turns out the threads are intertwined, and eventually they come together uh, along this path. But yeah, it's um, it's um, it's set in the belt, the asteroid belt, mostly uh, about two hundred years in the future. So you know, what's life living on asteroids and living in spaceships and 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 what are the political intrigues of that era? Um, you know, do the, do the planets Earth and Mars exploit the people living in the asteroid belt? Uh, do they have their own terrorist organizations to fight back? I mean, it's it's all there, and it's it's quite uh, it's quite interesting. Anyway, um, 
So, you know, first off, Simon, thank you for for helping Fusion Patrol reach 300 episodes. It has been an absolute pleasure. And, of course, to the listeners, um, thank you very much for being there and listening to the show and um, uh, commenting. And, and we do encourage you to to comment on the episodes, Facebook or, or our website or, or wherever. Um, we love we love hearing from you. We love hearing your take on these episodes. Um, um, you know, we as pointed out, it's it's the discussion of the episode that's really what we're we're into here. So, um, and uh, I hope we'll all be here again at episode six hundred. I hope I'll be here again <laughs> at episode six hundred. Good night. Fusion Patrol is a Lone Locust production. Like us? Please consider becoming our sponsor at patreon.com slash fusion patrol. We'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a review on iTunes. Stop by and visit us at our website, fusionpatrol.com. Search for us on Facebook under Fusion Patrol. Check out our Twitter handle at Fusion Patrol. Or just send us an email at feedback at fusionpatrol.com. Please come join the conversation. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf.